Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. For me, one of the one of the very best things about living a life in the kingdom, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, is that we are constantly growing and constantly learning. And the things that I believed as a new Christian 40, year, uh, 40 years ago, um, I've learned and I've grown and I've changed. Does that, can anybody kind of relate to that? The things, if, if we would base our life on what we first learned about Jesus when we were young um, compared to now, um, they should be different. Right? It's because the Holy Spirit speaks into our hearts and, and says, yeah, well, you know, you believe this, but here's, here's, what have you thought about this? Have you thought about this revelation? And you get this revelation and, and Paul talks about that moving from glory to glory. And it's probably not what he was referring to, but that's a, that's kind of an interesting picture of as you're learning, as you're growing, you're moving from glory to glory and you're working out your salvation. What, you know, with, he says with fear and trembling. And again, we, I'm not going. That's not the. That's not the message. But one of one of the things that I, I love about that is that I can preach a message, and then months or years later come back and go, "Oh, was I wrong on that? No, that was where we we're at looking at it. But here's another way of looking at it, right? And so today I want to talk about um, money. <laughs> and everybody leaves. <laughs> It's like when we talk about money, it's like turning on the light and the cockroaches scatter because nobody wants to talk about money because it's, it's, it's this sense of uh, you can't tell me what to do and talking about tithing. And, and I've, I've, I like to talk about money um, a few times a year. It just kind of gets everybody thinking about where their hearts are at. And in the past, um, you know, I was, I want to give you a little bit of my history as far as giving and tithing and Grew up in a, a very traditional um, church. Was saved, saved into the Baptist church, and then en- ended up going to a Reformed church. And um, and giving was always just something that was mandated. Tithing, we tithed. And so I remember my parents. You know, when we were in the um, in the Reformed church, um, every year the church would hand out offering envelopes. You know, packages. And in that offering envelope, in that packet, was 52 um, envelopes, and you were required to fill that envelope every week, because that was. And you had your number, and you'd fill it out. And, you know, there was John and Darlene Crozier, and then they were numbered whatever one through 50, whatever the numbers were. It was a mandate. It was something that, in that particular denomination, you were required to give. And. And that was it. You did it. You just did it. And it, they didn't say how much. So they were mandating. So, um, so we, we, we went, that was part of my history. Like, so I was brought up in the faith to, to give. And, and then as I grew older, um, I would always give. I always kind of set aside whatever income that I had, um, I would give. And that was just something that was born me um, because of example if from my parents. And um, I remember then going into YWAM. And um, someone said to me, well, you're not going to be making as much money, so you don't need to give. And I was like, really? Oh, that's awesome. Okay. And then so I didn't, so I stopped. And yet at the same time, because I wasn't making anything really, people were still giving to me towards, you know, they were giving to me as a missionary. And then I thought, well, I'm still making an income, and my heart says I should give. Um, And so I was in conflict. Because then there was the mentality that, well, if you're not making anything, you shouldn't have to give anything, right? And so I was, I was torn. And then growing up, just later on, I'm just, I'm just giving you kind of snapshots. Um, here we are. I'm, you know, fast forward a few years, and young, newlywed, you know, Deanna and I are starting our life together, and we know we, you brought up the, the concept, okay, tithing. What, what do we do? What are we going to do? We, she grew up in a family that gave. I grew up in a family that gave. And so all of a sudden, now we're doing this together. Are we still going to do it? And so we, we decided, right, from dating that didn't matter what happened, we were going to be committed to giving. 
And we called it tithing because that seems to be what the church is calling it. And so um, fast forward another few years, and I start delving into the area of covenant and old covenant versus new covenant and the thoughts of, of tithing and discovered that tithing in itself was actually an old covenant practice and that do we actually have, um, do we need to tithe in the new covenant? And I came up to the revelation and through the teachings and some study that, no, we don't have to tithe anymore because tithing is of the old covenant, um, but we still give because we're generous and, and, and stuff like that. And so here we are today. And I'm amending some of the things that I believed because I've done some more study. And so I want to go over some of this stuff again. And I want you to know that I rarely will speak out of a response to a need in the church. Like occasionally I have, maybe not necessarily here, but when I was younger, you know, somebody ticks you off and you're going to create a message just for that person because you're, you don't have, you don't have the guts to actually confront that person about it. So we're going to actually speak about it. Right. And so then it turns out that that person isn't there that Sunday and you're like, wow, I still got to talk to them. So, um, so in response to tithing and giving house of hope has always had an amazing, um, generous people. And we have never been in a financial place where we, you know, we have to go, okay, guys, come on, step up or, you know, put up or shut up. Um, we have a very generous house. Okay, so my, this, this message is out of response to simply what God is speaking to me in this area of finance. And, and I want to release to you grace. And I want to release to you a greater understanding of what it actually looks like in kingdom giving and kingdom finance and, and how God works. And it's a matter of the heart. So um, basically, you know, I'm going to sum up what I want to speak about this morning in one sentence is that God is after your heart, not your money. God wants your heart. House of Hope wants your money. And so <laughs> because it pays my wage, it pays for this, it pays for the lights, it, it, it pays for everything that, you know, that you have. <laughs> And so, so that's a Chris Valentin joke, but I'm just, <laughs> but God is testing out our heart to see where we're at. Because I know that, um, at times when I've, you know, I'll be flipping on a message on something and, and, uh, the, the teacher or the preacher will say, I want to talk about money this morning. And something goes in my heart. You can't talk to me about money. That's my business. And it's all of a sudden, it's something that God is actually highlighting in us. That we're going, oh, there's something there in our heart that we haven't settled yet. And it seems to be that God always uses money to trigger something that is in our heart. Well, I can't give or this. we give, we come up with all of the excuses of why we shouldn't, why we couldn't, why we don't have to. And, and, and then we justify those. And it's a, it's a signal that there's something deeper involved. There's something deeper in our hearts that we're not we're not handling well. So Jesus said, where your treasure is, there's your heart. So where, what you treasure, your heart is going to be there. So if you treasure hoarding and handling and, and stuff, well, that's going to come out in that. If you treasure relationships and, and, and stuff like that, your heart is, it's just, you know, it's just going to come out. He also said, from the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. So your heart and your mouth are connected. And so there's the, there's the sense of where, where, where am I at? What am I doing? And I've also, I believe, I believe, duh, believed or believe, I'm still working on this, is that Paul talks about sowing and reaping. What we sow into, we're going to reap. You know, if we, if we sow words of affirmation, we're going to reap life, right? We've, we've seen that. If we sow money, are we going to reap money? Depends on where our heart's at. It, it, it's just, there's these principles, <clears throat> excuse me, there's these principles that I believe that God wants to, to develop in us. And that's, and, and this, this principle of tithing is absolutely huge in the evangelical church. And we're considered an evangelical church, even though we're 
more charismatic and and more you know whatever we're we we are lumped there's there's mainline um there's catholic and then there's protestant and within the protestant denomination we're evangelical okay so how we deal with money how we deal with our time our gifts our skills our relationships are all indicators of our heart and if god can actually trust us with more because god says i can give you money but what you do with those money with money will actually allow me to give you true riches jesus talked about that well is true riches more money i don't believe so it's not just money is minor yet we are led to believe that money is well, without it we're, we're we're doomed i don't i don't agree because true riches is more than just money but how we deal with it on this level will indicate what we what we have to work with so what we have to actually understand is that when god gives us abundance when he provides for us a job um a life that we can live whatever whatever god is providing for us our number one goal has got to be we honor him first you know we call jesus our lord and savior and i've talked about this before savior is easier but sometimes lord is more difficult because lord actually then puts him as you are in charge of my life right you i i am giving you jesus i am making you lord and in in making you lord i'm actually becoming your servant and yet i am still your friend and i'm still your son you know it's 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 a crazy dichotomy but at the same time in this case we have to realize that we're honoring god first with what he has given us back in the old testament i'm going to say old testament and not old covenant in this case in the old covenant the very first act of giving was in with Cain and Abel Cain and Abel they were agrarian like most of the the bible is actually an agrarian um culture you know an agrarian means they they were they were farmers okay agrarian they were they were shepherds they had goats they had sheep probably cows cattle camels horses grain fruit and so right from the start of the bible in the old testament we have Cain and Abel and we can see that out of honor to god Cain and Abel brought their first fruits to jesus or to god and who Cain brought a little bit of his first fruit but it wasn't actually pure because it was he he just he just I'm just going to do this. Abel brought all of his vegetables and fruits and it was the very best of the first crop and he laid them on on the altar and however they did it and God said I I found favor of this but I didn't find favor in Cain. And it caused a conflict and there was murder and it just goes on. But it was a hard attitude. Both of them had this hard attitude to honor God first but then one was true and then one was now yeah, I'm just going to whatever i have to get away with so there is a hard attitude second samuel 2 it um you know eli's sons they're talking you can read it read it um basically it's the he who honors god god will honor it's that concept of if we honor god first he's going to honor us and he's and we and you know there's the old saying you can't outgive god you can't if your heart is right But if you're just doing it to treat God like a cosmic slot machine here I'm going to put my 25 cents or my dollar in pull a trigger and see God I just gave you that where's my fortune it doesn't work like that because honor actually is deeper honor is something like this is man I have so much worship and adoration and honor for you I just I I need to give to you the be be thankful and grateful and give and give and we can see that <clears throat> um that the lord wants to pour honor on us and blessing on us in malachi 3:10 you know we we we've heard pastors if you've been in the church long enough um use this verse to to condemn and to to strong arm people it says you know the lord said would you rob me you need to bring your tithe to the temple and 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 while that may have been twisted there's a there's a principle in malachi 3 
that we need to actually hang on to that actually transfers from Old Covenant to New Covenant. And that principle is this. Honor the Lord with the tithe. Watch and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out on you such blessing that there would not be room enough to receive it. In the Old Covenant, okay, so I'm going to say Old Covenant, not Old Testament. Old Covenant was based on a blessing and a cursing um, mentality. And so, but, but that mentality giving predates the old covenant. I started off with Cain and Abel, right? And if you look at Abraham, he gave, he gave to Melchizedek. Um, Genesis 14, 16, there's, I'm not going to read it because it's, I've got lots of um, scriptures. But if, you have, if you're reading it, um, Genesis 14, 16, uh, Abraham was in, you know what? I'm just going to read it because it's good. So Genesis 14, 16 says, So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. And then the king of Sodom went out to meet them in the valley of Shev. Sounds like a cheese. Um, that is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of, wow, shared a little bit arm and arm. From the defeat of Frank and the kings who were with him. And then, then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, the most, uh, sorry, blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, being Abram, he gave him a tithe of all. And so, I'm just going to read on. And now the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I've made Abram rich, except only what the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men who went with me, Aner, Eskol, and Mamre, let them take their portion. So basically, Abram's uh, mentality was, you're not going to give me anything. I'm giving to back to the Lord. I'm making an offering and a tithe. And so what does the tithe mean? The word tithe is from a Hebrew word meaning a tenth. And so Abraham, or Abram at that time, took a tenth of what he had out of his first fruits, out of his victory, out of his spoils, and gave it to the Lord. And they said, and now don't you give anything because I do not, I do not want the people to think that I was being supplied by other than you, Father. He says, now the guys that were with me that were in this, they can take whatever they need because that's, that was just it. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm giving a tenth. Um, so the old covenant standard with, that, that had been set up the old covenant, sorry, the old testament standard with, with Abraham was that free will, they would give a tenth. Now, some would say, and I believe this before, some would say, well, that was just one instance. There is no other, um, there is no other record of giving prior to the, the, the old covenant from the law of Moses. And I disagree because Jacob gave um, in Genesis 28, 19 to 12, and Levi, his son, gave. And they were giving tithes. They were giving a tenth of what God had provided for them. And so, the, and that there was generations in there between between Abraham, Jacob, and Levi. There's multiple generations. So the multiple generations were actually set up to give out of honor to God. Okay. So, and this predates the old the old covenant. So it was a generational legacy. So like I said, tithe means a tenth. Israel was commanded to give a tenth of all their increase to the Lord. So now we're going to move into the Old Covenant, so the law of Moses. So we went from a hard attitude to then all of a sudden there's a nation of Israel, and Israel is um, a huge nation, and they don't have a taxation system. There's no giving to the poor. There's just the Lord in his, in his covenant set up, this is the tithe. 
And the tithe then became a tenth. You give a tenth, and it was dictated, it was commanded that you give a tenth to the temple because the Levites didn't have an inheritance. Everybody else had land. Everybody else had increase. So the tenth was to the temple to pay for the temple, pay, help feed the Levites. Okay, then they gave a tenth of everything to festivals and feasts. So, so you give a tenth of that. So what is that? How many is, you get one-tenth, you get two-tenths. So what is that, 20%? And he says every three years, you need to set aside three, or every year you need to set aside three and a half percent for the widows and the poor. So the, the, the law said you need to give 23.5% or roughly 23.3%. That's the law. The law of Moses said 23.5%. So that's what they did. They just, they just they gave it off until they didn't. And that's where revival started to happen in the Old Covenant is when the nation of Israel actually uncovered the law and they started reading the law and they saw, they saw what, what was going to happen if they gave and when they didn't give. And, and all of a sudden, they're seeing throughout you know, hundreds of years, why is the temple in disrepair? Well, people aren't giving. Why are we have poor? Why, why is the poor among us? Why, like, how come we're not, not having feasts anymore? And all of a sudden, they started reading, and they started understanding, wow, we've been robbing God. And so Malachi re, Rob, uh, writes this as a sign of repentance He wrote in, in Malachi 3.10. And it's a sign of, uh, it's a, actually a hallmark in Old Testament revival, is that people were actually reignited to their giving. And so they went back and they started giving what they were supposed to give. And the Lord says, no, because you've done that, I'm going to open up heaven. And the Jewish people, even to this day, you never see a temple that is short on money. They always, because the Jewish people still, even though the the non-Messianic Jews, they, they know there's a principle involved of giving. And I don't know what they give but I know they give at least 10% because of, because of just the fruit that you can see around the world. Is this making sense? This, um, another another uh, verse, um, if you're taking notes, 2 Chronicles 31, 4 to 6. It says, nevertheless, no devoted offering that a man may devote to the Lord of all that he has, both man and beast, or the field of his, or his possessions, shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted offering is most holy to the Lord. No person under the ban who may become doomed to destruction among men shall be redeemed, but shall surely be put to death. And that all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So when we gave, when they gave, they knew that it was set aside. It was holy. God honored it. It was, it was set apart. And what is, that's what holy means. Holy means set apart and special. Just, and that's why we're holy, right? Because we are set apart and special. Totally different sermon, but... If a man wants to a, a redeem any of his tithes. So in other words, you know, you're a little bit falling on hard times and, and you, you go to the temple going, I need my money back. I need my camel back. I need whatever I gave. I need it back. The Lord's like, no problem. But you got to pay 20% back for it. That's what it says. If a man wants to do any of his tithe, he shall add one-fifth to it. And concerning the tithe of the herd of the flock or whatever passes under the rod, the tenth... The tenth one should be holy to the Lord. So this is, that's Leviticus. Did I say Chronicles? Sorry, I meant that's Leviticus. Leviticus 27, 28 to 35. It was just the sense of this understanding that when you gave to the Lord, it was set apart, it was the Lord's, and it was you honoring him in in what he had given you. The heart condition. All right, so now the Chronicles. Sorry, I had missed that one. Um, so Chronicles, Second Chronicles 31, 4, it says, Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites, that they may devote themselves to the law of the Lord. 
As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and all of the produce of the fields, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. And the children of Israel and Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things which were consecrated to the Lord, and they laid it in heaps. It was a revival. When they realized, like, dang, we are missing out. And they brought all of the stuff that they should have been bringing, and they threw it in piles before the Lord. It's because their hearts were changed. Remember, 20, was it been 25? Yeah, it's been 25 years since the Toronto revival started. And I remember being at Christian Center when we were having nightly meetings, and the Holy Spirit was moving, and there was, um, there was just massive, amazing Holy Spirit-like stuff. Just, it was wild joy and laughter. But one of the earmarks of that time with us was the fact that the bank account was full. We had never had, like people were just generous when the Holy Spirit was moving, like they're like, here, you know, people writing out checks for thousands of dollars and they were just throwing it in. There was no specific need. It was just like, it was just, it was revival. And I'm not saying that that's what we need to live in, but why not? Not, not, and I, again, you're going, well, it's easy for you to say because you're running the church and you, you want our money. I'm like, no, it's just when we give, when we have this attitude that we just want to honor God for what we're doing, giving just becomes a natural outpouring of what he's doing in our hearts because he's, we're honoring him. And that's where the, the, you know, the Malachi, um, the Malachi verses come from is that it's, it's a direct response to repentance. So Malachi 3, 7 says, From the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances, and you have not kept them. He says, return to me, and I will return to you. The word return there is actually, it, it's It's repentance. It's turn away from the way that you were going and turn back to the way you should be going. Return to me. Go back to those ordinances. Go back to those things. Um, says the Lord of hosts, but you said, in what way shall we return? And then in verse 8, it says, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Now, there's a difference between tithes and offerings. When we give an offering here at House of Hope, that offering automatically goes out. We don't keep offerings. You know, for example, we took an offering, um, we've taken offerings for our students. And so somebody comes up where we take an offering for somebody in need. It comes in. Do we give out our tithes? Sometimes. But the tithe goes to the operation of House of Hope. Offerings are always sent out. Just as a point of... So in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation... But verse 10, but bring the tithes into the storehouse, for there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. This is the only time in the Bible the Lord says, test me. We've always said we want to be tested. No, we've never said that. But the Lord has said, test me in this. And for the longest time, I thought, how does that, how does the test me in this co-reign with a new covenant understanding of tithing because this is still a principle when the lord says test me in this we'll talk about that in a few minutes and test me in this says the lord if i will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing there will not be room enough to receive it and i will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the fields, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. It's just this principle, it's this promise of, of what the Lord has said for us as we give, right? So... So, just in summary of this first part, what is the tithe? It's 10%. It's not 2%. It's not 4%. 
You know, if we, we look, it's just, it's 10%. That's because it's called a tithe, 10%. Who gives, um, who gives the tithe? Everybody. Everybody would give. It's just, it's a heart attitude as we put the Lord first. That's what gives it. So it was mandated prior to the law. It was, it was a principle of giving prior to the law. And then in the law, it was even greater, 23%. And now we're going to transition into the new covenant. What does that look like? So questions have been given. We don't live under the law anymore. We live under grace. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. We don't live under the law. We are under grace. So someone said, tithes and offerings are not mandatory to me. Therefore, I decide how much and to whom I have the freedom to give. Is that true? Yep, to a point. (laughs) Chris Vallotton was asked this question. He says, Pastor, should we tithe as an Old Testament principle? Not, uh, Sorry, Pastor, should we tithe as it's an Old Testament principle, not in the New Testament? And Chris says, you're absolutely correct. You are under grace, not law. But are you honoring God as a New Testament Christian, and I would say a New Covenant Christian? Are you honoring God as a New Covenant Christian under grace with at least the Old Testament minimum? Or are you actually crediting that they could do better than you under the law in the, New, in the Old Testament that you can do under grace? Or is your life a testimony to the giving of grace in your life compared to what they gave in the Old Testament? Wow, right? Did you get? You want me to read that again? Okay. You are absolutely correct. You are under grace, not law. But are you honoring God as a New Testament Christian under grace with at least, with at least the Old Testament minimum? Or are actually you crediting that they could do better than you under the law? I had never thought of that before. Because we said, well, I can give what I want. As long as I'm giving, I can give what I want. Because it's the generous heart. Right? Or is your life a testimony to the giving of grace in your life compared to what they gave in the Old Testament? To the Old Testament... In Israel, they never questioned how much they should give because it was a tenth. And it's at the very least, I believe, as new covenant believers, it is the very least that we actually should start with. It's that, it's that start. And that sounds like legalism, but it's not. And I don't want to put anybody under this, this, um, this yoke of legalism because it's not, but it's just some ideas. It's, some, it's, it's a principle of, of giving in, in the kingdom that God has actually set up that has transcended the covenants. It's part of kingdom. They knew that when they gave the 10%, blessings were unlocked. And I've struggled with this in the last several years going, we, we don't live under blessings and cursings any longer. That was old covenant. If you did this, God would bless you. And yet, and yet the principle of giving transcended that. And it moved, it went through the cross into the new covenant. We're going to look into that. So how many guys know that there are principles that actually we don't follow anymore under law? They stopped. There was things that were written in the, in the, in the Torah, in the, in the first five books, you know, the Genesis, Exodus, the Leviticus, Chronicle, Deuteronomy, those, the law that don't move, they didn't move into what we believe today. Can you think of any? Animal sacrifices. They stopped. When Jesus died and the new covenant was established, animal sacrifices stopped. Well, they didn't stop immediately. The temple had to be destroyed first. What else? What else do we not practice today that they practiced in Leviticus? Stoning people, that's a good one. Tattoos. <laughs> How many of you guys have a tattoo here? Right. You guys are safe. You're good. There's no, there's no condemnation. Because tattoos were actually, back then, they were a sign. They would, people would tattoo allegiance to the God that they served. 
And so Yahweh wanted his people to be free of markings because it was their life that, that served Jesus, right, or served God. So now there's no, like, there's just no, it hasn't, it's, it's good. Cheeseburgers, amazing. We get to eat, eat bacon and cheeseburgers, bacon double cheeseburgers with lobster. Oh, anyway. Yep, haircuts, clothes. You know, I would be condemned for wearing, like, because this shirt is, is polyester. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a mix of, uh, you know, it's, it's cotton and whatever. It's bad. It's, it's not on the law. But what we have to look at the things that have actually transversed through into, into the new covenant. If it's expressly affirmed in the New Testament, it passes. And Jesus did this. He, he, he affirmed a few things. The rich young ruler in Matthew 19 comes to Jesus. And he says, um, behold, um, let's just read it. Matthew 19, 16 says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but the one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And the rich young ruler said, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what still do I lack? And Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But the young man heard this saying, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Jesus is, is affirming the Ten Commandments, but he's also saying you have to step it up. You know, the law says give 23%. I'm telling you to give everything. In, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, like, he's talking to people, and he's like, you know, you've heard it said that you, you shouldn't covet a man's wife. But if you dishonor her in your heart, you've already done it. Adultery. He, he's taken the law, and then he's filled it with grace, but he's given it greater. It, those things have gone through the cross and it's and, and and giving is is another one peter's vision we talked about food but peter's vision of of the sheet of the you know the magic carpet coming down full of you know full of things you know on one level the lord says take these things and eat them and peter's like no i'm a good jewish man i'm not going to eat these things um and he's like no i i've created these things for you to be equal and to be to be eaten, and then on the on the next level of just food, he's he's the Lord's actually saying, "Don't call unclean what I've called clean. Don't call the Gentiles unclean anymore. You're Jewish, but we've brought them together." And it was a picture of like we're we're, we're working on this. We're walking through this. Jesus said the laws of the Sabbath. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for the man, and Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. So. Technically, we're okay doing what we do because we, you know, we don't have that Sabbath day, but our, actually our life needs to be in rest. Our whole life should be in rest with Jesus because his, he's the Lord of the Sabbath. That means we can actually pray for us on a Sunday morning and see him get healed because that's what Jesus did. Right? So there's these things that have actually gone through the cross that actually become who we are as New Covenant believers. So Matthew 23, 23, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin, but you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So Jesus is affirming that we still need to give, but we have to actually look at what is weightier. The author of Hebrews affirmed the tithe as he commented on Melchizedek. I'm not going to get into that because I'm kind of running out of time. But the last thing the Lord wants is a dutiful Christian thinking, this is what you want, so I'm going to do it. Now give me back what I'm due. Right? That's where legalism comes in. It's the heart principle of giving, of saying, Lord, I honor you. The key is our heart. The key is understanding in our heart. 
and saying, my paycheck, as it comes in, I'm honoring you and I'm taking off the top. Here you go. And it's something that Deanna and I have done, like I said right at the beginning, right from the start of our marriage. We would look at our paycheck and 10% would come off. And at times, was it tight? Yep. But did we always have enough? Yes. Except the times. And this is the crazy. It's not a blessing. It's not a cursing. It's a, it's a principle. The times that we either forgot or consciously made a decision not to give because of whatever reason, we found ourselves in lack. Every single time. It, because it's this principle that we have, to, we have to get. Either he's Lord of all or Lord of none. Right? He's Lord of all in our life or he's not Lord. We can't pick and choose. And, and that's the crazy part. So I give to God, honor God first in my life. I just do. And I've said this before, but have you ever seen a Catholic church in need? The Mormon church. They've got money. They've got more money than because it's mandated. It's law. They are mandated to give. And yet in the evangelical church, we're constantly struggling financially. And the average giving in, evangel- in North American evangelical churches is 2.3%. So the very people who say that we live under grace, not law, are doing worse than the ones that are living under law. Should that be? <laughs> we're called to be the heads, not the tail. Right? And it's just like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with that picture? We, we should be the ones that are giving buildings away to organizations. We should be the ones that are funding different things. We should be the one because we, that's the way the kingdom works. Grace allows us to live above the minimum requirements. And House of Hope, I got to say, House of Hope, and this is where I'm not saying railing on people to say, we got to give more, right? House of Hope, for the last nine years that we've been here, has been an amazing, we've been about 22% of, of the people who call House of Hope, House of Hope home, 22% give. So we're way above the national average. But what, we, what would we do as a house? What kind of things would we be able to do if 50% gave? Or 100% gave? What, what, just what kind of prosperity would we be, be living in? I'm not talking about prosperity of stuff. Because like I said earlier, it's, it's more than stuff. Money is just money. It, it, God wants to get at what, we're, what our heart is. He wants to give us true riches. If you look at from Acts going forward, if you look at all of the, the, the giving practices of the people in, in, in from Acts to Revelation, you will see that they gave far above the 10% tithe. They were radical. They gave away homes. And they gave away, like they just, they funded Paul's journeys. They funded the apostles' journeys. They, they gave to the poor. They were, like they just, it was radical giving. It was a way above So just in a couple of clothing, clothing, <laughs> in a couple of closing statements, I thought, okay, you know the verse, he who dwells in the shadow of the Almighty, what's that verse? He who dwells in the shadow of the Almighty will have, will, ab- what's that? Yes. So do we believe that? Okay. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and he will make your path straight. Do we believe that? So then why do we have a hard time believing Malachi 3.10 where it says, honor the Lord in the tithe? We can't have one without the other. We can't say either the Lord is in this or he's not. It's like it's all part of the principles. I totally 100% believe that if I'm dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty that my needs are going to be met. 
And I believe, and I've quoted this, that trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to lead not under my own understanding, but all my ways acknowledge him. It just, it's, it's logic that says that if we try the Lord, if we test the Lord in giving, that he is going to bless us. It may not look like what we think it should look like, but there is this principle that we walk into. So is it legalism that says that we dwell in the house in the shadow of his, of his ways? Is it legalism to say that if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart? It's not legalism. So is it legalism to say if we, you can't tell me how much to give. You can't tell me I have to give. That's legalism. Can't have both. So a couple of values and benefits that I've discovered is in Deuteronomy 14, 23, it teaches us to trust and fear the Lord. When I gave, when it didn't make sense to do so, the Lord showed up in my life. It also gives me a perspective that everything that we have belongs to the Lord. Everything the Lord has blessed each one of you with in this place belongs to him. And if we have that understanding, when he says, would you give me some more? We know, yeah, it's yours. Take it. And it also requires a calculation on my life. It requires me to count my blessings, to see what the Lord has done, to take stock of where we're at. Deanne, you know, how long has it been as an adjuster now? Two years? Three, four, two and a half years. We had been set with her income and my income, and we would give. We set it up. And all of a sudden, Deanne's making more money, and we didn't calculate. We were thankful for the money. We were thankful for what we had. But it was just this last month that I'm calculating. I'm going, wow, we haven't, we're not giving what we're supposed to give. Not out of a sense of, oh, i got to give. Out of a sense of, I want to honor what God has done. Right? And we have houses and we have cars. Not houses. <laughs> oh, may that curse fall upon me. No. Um, we have a house. We have a family. We have a car. We have stuff. And it's all his. But I had to calculate and go, oh, okay. Dan, we have to reevaluate what we're doing. Because as a leadership team of House of Hope, we have committed to giving into this house. So it requires this calculation. We take stock in what we have, and we're thankful, and we give. Chick-fil-A, how many of you guys, we don't have them in Canada yet, I don't think, or maybe one or two, but Chick-fil-A, the owner, is a Christian, right? Comes under persecution all the time for his stances. But here's a guy that took kingdom principles and gave has given away on a yearly basis $16 million worth of scholarships just in that area to students who are going into the world of finance. $16 million. And they operate six days a week and they close on the seventh because he's taking, he's, he's giving the day off to his people. Right? He calculates. He's calculated it out. That's just one quick testimony. So we give to honor God not out of legalism or as a ways to get. Okay, that's, we, it's, we have, it's a hard attitude. And we have to beware of complacency. We have to reevaluate our giving if things change in our lives, you know. But there are so many excuses of why we don't give. And yet we have to look at it and say, what does God say in his word? Just what does he say? And what is he saying to you? So as leadership, like I said, we believe in giving. We give as a house. As a house, we believe in giving. We, we make sure people's needs are met. We, you know, we... And, but I want to see I want to see us get to the place where we're actually funding major outreaches. That if people come and they say, like, hey, I have this dream, I have this, we want to fund that. Does that make sense? Is that is that is that practical? No. Is it fun? Yeah. You know, if we had vision for the Canadian Tire Building and it's five million dollars right now. We, we should be able to go in and say, here you go, and this is what we're going to do. We shouldn't have to explain to the real estate agent what we want to do. I've, I've been trying to get into that place for a tour, and because we're a church, they said, oh, you don't have the budget for that. That's the mentality that the world has for evangelical churches. Now, if we were another organization, if we were the Mormon church, they would give it to us because they know that we, they have money. 
but they won't even grant me an audience because, right? I'm like, whoa, that's going to change. So no legalism, just an understanding that this is where the Lord wants us to start and see, and he says, test me on this. And so I can actually stand in front of you today and say, as a new covenant leader, as a new co- somebody in the new covenant, I, I believe in the tithe, the 10%, but I also believe that the Lord is saying, give more. My, my, oh, I have a word and it's leaving. My example is Bill Johnson. Just personally, I don't know him personally, but I know he lives by giving because he believes that everything that he has is from the Lord. And, he's, and he, he gives stupid amounts of money. And the Lord has blessed him in that. But he's done that when nobody knew him. When him and Benny were first married, they said, 10%, we can do better than that. We're doing 20%. And I don't know what they're giving today, but I know it's more than 20%. We, if, if the minimum is 10% in the Old Covenant, then as New Covenant believers, we've got to step up and we've got to say, God, what are you calling us to do? Amen? <laughs> All right, let's stand. <laughs> so, Father, we thank you for the spirit of freedom. We thank you for the spirit of uh, the life of grace in our life, that we walk in grace and we walk in freedom and we walk in the ability to hear your word and go accordingly. And so, Father, as we learn your word and your heart and who we are and we trust in you, I say bless every person in this room with cars, with houses, with the ability to give into needs as they see it, with, with the, just with the freedom to say everything that I have is yours and I'm going to walk my life according, accordingly. And so, Father, we bless, I bless every person here. I, any needs that we have, I just know that you will meet them supernaturally out of a heart as each person in this room moves into a heart to honor you and to serve you as Lord and say these words that, that I will honor you, that you say, test me in this, and I will open up heaven and every need will be supernaturally met, that I will stop the devourer because it's good. I am good, the Father says. Trust me. Amen? All right. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.